I'm Sandra Hayes Buckley and you are listening to the Mind Your Mind podcast, a podcast that delves into what minding your mind means to different people, what self-care looks like in their lives and why minding their minds is so important to them. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to season two of the Mind Your Mind podcast and on this very first episode of the second season I have another first for the podcast in that I have my first male guest and that is Barry Joyce. Barry is a mindfulness practitioner a breathwork facilitator and owner of flotation therapy space Floatwell in Kildare. During our chat, we discussed how a stressful career in finance led Barry to explore the world of mindfulness and how this new career has paved a path that is so rewarding to him. I hope you enjoy. So Barry, you are more than welcome to the Mind Your Mind podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Look, we, we've tried a couple of times now, but we weren't able to, to talk. So it's great to eventually be talking to you. Exactly. And for any of the listeners who are tuning in who are not familiar with yourself, could you give us an insight into who you are and what you're all about? OK. Um, yeah, Barry Joyce is my name and I am the owner of a flotation therapy centre called Floatwell in County Kildare. Um, as well as that, I'm also a mindfulness teacher breathwork facilitator and I have I suppose I try to create a, a little hub here in Selbridge County there for all like-minded people to, to have a place to come and connect so that's the that's the, the condensed version of what I do outside of that uh, yeah I'm father to two kids I am uh, I, I suppose I'm new enough to self-employment I, I only started in uh, about seven months ago and uh, yeah it's about seven or eight months ago now that we opened and it's uh, it's been a whirlwind it's been one of these things that literally was probably in the back of my mind always to do something for myself but if you go back five years and say that this was the space I was going to be in in promoting wellness um, I'd probably have looked at you like you had about 17 heads <laughs> I worked in finance for a long time, about 15 years I worked in finance, uh, financial sales was where I, I worked specifically and it just, uh, unbeknownst to myself, I was under a whole heap of stress that I wasn't even aware was there uh, until such a time that I, I, I was in a relationship and the relationship broke down. And we, um, two young kids as well. And I suppose it just uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, then uh, COVID decided to raise its, its I, I suppose, its, its ugly head at this stage. And uh, it all of a sudden made me, I brought everything into perspective. And it, I suppose it, it shut down everything I was using to, probably hide from the stress I was feeling all of my coping mechanisms that I was using they were all gone and all of a sudden pretty much overnight I woke up with a ball of anxiety that sat on my chest and for the first time in my life I was like oh my god what is this so yeah it's uh so that was the start of my journey to where I am now I don't know how much to to delve into it just right now or maybe we'll explore it a little bit but yeah that was the start of the journey 
Yeah, I think a lot of people will resonate with that as well, actually, when life slowed down and, you know, everything shut down and we were all suddenly locked in our houses, um, you know, it did put a lot of stuff into perspective. So I think an awful lot of people will um, resonate with what you're saying there. And I, too, am from a finance background. I am a financial auditor. So I understand what you're saying about, you know, that the industry, the finance in general, I think is a very, it's very fast paced, but it's also high stress as well, because, you know, there's month in, there's this, that, and the other thing to, that you need to work towards and audits and blah, 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 everything. Um, so I know that a lot of people from a corporate, I suppose, background will also resonate with what you're saying there, because it is. And I suppose, do you feel that that stress has led you to want to help other people with their well-being as well you know through you said you have the the flotation therapy um company and you also have the breathwork facilitation and all that do you think that your own level of stress during that time that has led you to help, want to help other people 100 percent um for me the way i started looking after myself so when that ball of stress came to me mm-hmm. um i I started like I, I'd been to talk therapy before and I'd gone through talk therapy before and I found it quite useful. And um, so when that anxiety kind of landed, I straight away was like, okay, I need to talk to somebody. So I knew that pathway straight away. And what I often found is that with specific therapists can be really, really good at dealing with what I always call the blue lights scenario. It's like, I'm, they're dealing with the thing that's really affecting me right now that's mm-hmm. affecting my daily life what I felt I needed at that stage was I was to I needed tools I needed the tools to kind of progress forward and to try and change things and make sure that I suppose I lessened the likelihood of going down as as deep down the path as I had this time and that's when I found it was mindfulness program that I found. And literally three weeks into the mindfulness program that I did, I was feeling just so much better. Mm-hmm. It was just wild. It was like night and day. It was all of a sudden I had an understanding of my body of what was happening inside it. And the stress came and it was just, and from that moment I was like, okay, I need to I need to explore this further um, and so I, I, for me I was very much like God men need to know about this because mm-hmm. obviously from the, the the man's perspective I know what life is like we all like to bury our head in the sand we all like and everything's okay we don't really talk about the, these things and I was like oh my god this is just immense so I said to myself I'm going to look for a teaching qualification and, and I explored the teaching qualifications that were available there. And um, yeah, I, I went with the Irish Mindfulness Academy. Carmel Farnan runs that uh, out of Dublin. Um, and within a couple of weeks of entering that program, I was just like, yeah, I need to share this. I need to share this with as many people as will listen. <laughs> And that's while I was still working finance. So I was still doing everything that needed to be done in the middle of COVID, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, 
so it kind of came to me that there was a realization for me that as much as much as I wanted to help people and that the I suppose the way finance works is it's seen more as sales you know I was giving people financial advice I was giving people advice on investments on things like that I've gone through times where I've been advising people with pensions and, and building protection for their family life insurance and I always saw that as helping families helping people but I got to a point where um, it was just I knew that no matter where I worked it was always going to be about what numbers what's the mm-hmm. sign up, what's the sales I actually had one manager <laughs> say to me once he, he stopped me uh, while we were talking he said Barry you're too ethical you're too <laughs> ethical in your approach oh god <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. and, yeah and that's when I was like okay yeah this this isn't for me this clearly isn't for me whatever it is it's not for me and um yes yeah, so it's a combination of of knowing that I've probably always wanted to help people and then just finding this and how much it helped me get out of where I was feeling and um, that I, I came to the conclusion and was then looking at an exit strategy mm-hmm. um, from where I was working. And at that time, um, pretty much, I'd say within a couple of weeks of, of me starting to look, keep in mind is the middle of COVID. So you're not really, you know, you don't know where to go. You don't, you've got a bit of security there. So I was like, oh, should I really be looking? And uh, then the job that I was with announced that, we were going to be made redundant and that they were selling up the business. And it was like a little bit serendipity there. (laughs) Things falling into place. Um, And it ended up being a long drawn out thing. And about two weeks, I think, after we'd found out that we were going to be made redundant was the first time that I found flotation there. And I literally went in and I came out and I felt, I felt brand new. I felt mm-hmm. like my mind was at rest for the first time it had ever been at rest almost. Mm-hmm. I felt my body was at rest. I just felt like I had no bones in my body. I just had complete and utter calm. And then it was my second time in a flow tank that I'm lying there. I'm doing my meditation while I'm in the flow tank and I'm doing my breath work in the flow tank and it just suddenly pinged me. This is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. It just came to me out of nowhere. I was like, this is it. This is what you have to do. This is what you're going to do. And 18 months later, I managed to open the doors about two months after I'd eventually been made redundant. So it was all about trying to share it with people and trying to create a space for people to feel that they can come in and they can just leave everything at the door or they can come in and they can talk about whatever they want to talk about. I give them the tools that they can use while they're in floating or whatever they want to do in here. And just be. And be Fantastic. In- Fantastic. And I've heard, I've, I've never actually experienced flotation myself, but I've heard from others that like you literally feel like you're floating when you come out of it. Like what you said, like you've got no bones in your body, like you're literally just floating on air. Um, and 
I can imagine that that is incredibly powerful for people who, you know, when your mind is so busy and everyone's mind is so busy these days, you know, the hustle and bustle of life and everything is so fast paced and everything. That must be so relaxing, obviously, for the people who are experiencing it, but really rewarding for their their well-being um, because it is it's so hard to get those moments of pure calm and pure relaxation nowadays absolutely and it, it is um do you know what it people who come here generally go through like a ton of different emotions first of all they think to themselves all right i'm going into a space where there's nothing at all else in there so it's just me and my thoughts Mm-hmm. and that can terrify the life out of people mm-hmm. um you know and but then i what i do is i get them to come in and, and we talk about it beforehand because often we well know is that it's the unknown it's the unknown that terrifies us we mm-hmm. just don't know what actually is going to happen in there with this with this mind and our minds are magic the way they mm-hmm. work they're absolutely fantastic at creating scenarios and usually worst case scenarios and usually we look like we look for we have this negativity bias in our mind we look for the danger mm-hmm. and we create the danger if it's not there and um yeah so people are, are petrified a lot, a lot of the time so i spend an awful lot of time kind of on you know replying to instagram messages or talking to people on the phone and, and trying to show people look it's fine we come in 15 minutes early we settle the nerves go through some breathwork stuff that people can use while they're in the pod especially if people ever talk about fear and claustrophobia or something like that but we talk about specific breathwork that they can use to settle into the pod and actually really get into a deep rest and digest phase and get as much out of the experience as possible especially the first experience. I want to guide people as much as possible in that first experience. Now, I've had people come out and, and there was a gentleman in the, even last night and it was only his third float and he has suffered anxiety for a long time, a long time. He was out of work for a period of time with anxiety. And he said last night that the first session was great because it, it brought him a bit of peace. He's like, but now, even between the second and third session, the piece was extended, quieting his mind. And now it's like he's just dying to get back in every time he comes back in. And it's, it's like with mindfulness, is what I always say, because the more you train the mind in a certain way of being, the easier it is for you to use that then in your everyday life. And to be in that space where there's no noise at all, you can turn off the lights. There's no light at all. So there's no information overload. Mm-hmm. And then just to use your breath to influence your nervous system. And so see how it is possible to do it. It can just be life-changing to some people. Fantastic. And you mentioned there it's extending beyond the, the float device. Um, so do you find that your clients then feel a sense of calm, you know, in between sessions that they, they can bring those tools, you know, the breathwork that you talked through with them, um, that they can use that kind of outside of the pod as well, out, um, 
kind of in between their sessions? Yeah, so so the, the thing about the pods, right? The pods, first of all, there is benefits outside of it because the pods are filled with like about a thousand liters of water, about 350 to 400 kilos of Epsom salts then is dissolved into the water and it's heated to 36 degrees. So being in there, it's skin temperature. You kind of lose sense of what's what, as in what's in the water, what's out of the water, what is mm-hmm. water. You know, your mind just starts playing games with you, you know, and you're like, am I anywhere? Or, you know, so it's great then, but because the salt, the Epsom salts is there, you're absorbing magnesium. So first and foremost, you're asleep that night. And we've had a couple of guys off of, even I've had a guy off the Kildare Gaelic football team in and he tracks his sleep, obviously, because recovery is quite important. Mm-hmm. But what he's shown me off of his um, his stats uh, matches the science, which says that you spend more time uh, in deep sleep, more time in REM sleep, the night overflowed, and the next nights after that as well. And so it improves your sleep, basically, outside of it. But as well, with the breathwork techniques, I always say to people, and I, I give them, you know, a lot of people might come in and say, I'm really struggling to sleep. And, you know, I then encourage them to use the breath that we've used inside the pod. Mm-hmm. But essentially what it does is it's absolutely it, it. I always say what mindfulness, mindfulness is all about moments. Mm-hmm. And it's all about just creating space in a moment to allow you to make a decision. Now, what the pod is, being in the pod is it extends that moment because obviously you've got nowhere to be until the end of it. But it makes you very aware and increases your awareness of when the moments come throughout the day. So I always encourage people that, you know, these things, they, the moments come and the moments come when you can, you realize that the stress is hitting you and you might just remember this conversation or remember being back in the pod in that moment and just breathe like you're there. So it's all about just that connection, that, that kind of mind-body connection memory comes in you breathe in breathe out you set yourself so yeah absolutely it's definitely something that extends way outside in the pod fantastic and i suppose that you mentioned that your first um experience of flotation was in the last couple of years and it's obviously something that has had a huge impact on your life it you know obviously brought about this career change for you um which everything kind of fell into place um for you as such um with the redundancy and everything it kind of I suppose led you on the on this path nearly um but what are the other things that you do to look after your own well-being okay so it's it's so much (laughs) how how much time have you got (laughs) all day (laughs) (laughs) so at this time of year uh I have in my back garden, I've got a little kind of inflatable um, ice bath. So that ice bath sits in the morning or sits overnight and um, basically getting as cold as possible overnight. And then my first thing in the morning is when I wake up, I do a bit of breath work. So I'll do because I've qualified with Wim Hof with Oxygen Advantage. Um, with yoga body breathing so I pick an element of breath work that I do first thing in the morning just to kind of connect that with the breath uh, with myself then it's down um, 
grudgingly, I suppose, to the ice bath. I never want to do it. Never, ever want to do it. But get out into the back garden and into the ice bath and two minutes inside the ice bath. Now, at the moment, this morning, uh, the, the little thermometer said it was zero degrees. So, yeah. Yeah. Lovely. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely. So two minutes inside there. And as well, because for me, what, what working with the cold does is it teaches you how to guide yourself out of fight or flight as well. Because the first thing that happens when we get in the cold, even if it's a cold shower, if it's an ice bath, we go into fight or flight. So it's a, it's mm -hmm. a short breathing. We can't get anything in. We almost like we breathe in as much as possible. We don't breathe out. We're all, mm -hmm. It's that kind of tenseness. So you, when you get into the cold, and even still I do it, I get into the cold and it happens and I, you panic. So you go into fight or flight. And what happens when you go into fight or flight is, is just amazing. Your thinking brain shuts off. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, and, and everything just kind of shrinks in on itself. So all the blood gets sucked out of your limbs and up into the core of your body. And essentially from that moment, then I just work with my breath. I talk about the breath again. And I always talk about the breath. It's just so magical. But I, I talk about the breath and we, we concentrate on that exhale. Because we will always inhale. No matter what, our body will inhale. But we have mm -hmm. to create space inside of us to allow the breath to come in. So we focus on that exhale. And what focusing on that exhale does while we're in the cold, it guides us out of fight or flight. And it brings us right into rest and digestive. So it brings us to a point that our conscious mind is back alert again. We're making sensible decisions. That's why you never spend more than two minutes in the ice bath. I'm convinced of because by that time you've switched back on your con and you're like, no, this is the sensible thing now to get out of here again. <laughs> so it's it's just so the ice. I just love it. It's it's great first thing in the morning, and um, then throughout the day I'll try and just do meditations. So I'm lucky. I work for myself, you know, and sometimes it's quieter than I'd like it to be. Uh, and instead of battling the thoughts that come into my mind of, oh, has everyone come? Who's ever going to come? I decide in that moment to meditate, to take a few moments, to just whatever it be, two, three minutes just to meditate or whatever it might be. And just to bring it back either to my breath or go through mindfulness meditations as well throughout the day. So, that's a lot of what I do. I I spend a lot of time and I wear barefoot shoes. I don't know if you've ever seen any of these. Barefoot. Are they the ones with the toes? I have those ones, but I use those <laughs> ones for running. And um, but okay. even the barefoot shoes that I use, it's uh, there's a couple of different brands of them, but Vivo barefoot. And the idea is is that there's very little sole to. Mm -hmm. Okay, the reason I wear them is it just connects me in more. Just connect me in, like as you're walking down the road, if you're walking on a little gravel path, you can feel the gravel in your feet. Okay. You can feel a little stone. You feel you feel a little stone. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that Lego. If you stand on the kid's Lego, like in the middle of the night, it's that whole sensation. But it connects you in to everything. So as much as possible, I try and connect in to the world around me as much as I can. So it might even be, I'm I'm lucky that where my where my my shop is, where Floatwell is, and the sun kind of comes up and hits it at about ten o'clock in the morning, right in the doorway. 
So usually in the morning, I'll get my cup of tea, uh, a cup of cacao or whatever it might be, and I'll just go out and I'll stand in the door. I'll just stand there and just let the natural sunlight hit me for 10, 15 minutes, just standing in my bare feet on the main street in Salisbury. So I get some funny looks. <laughs> I can I'm imagine. Not gonna, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. But yeah, just to try and bring myself to to allow nature to take over. Uh, and I suppose, and, and to, you know, we're, we, we've been around for a long time, humans. We've evolved, uh, we've probably evolved too quickly for ourselves, realistically, but all of the things of back to nature, of the cold water, of the sunlight into your eyes first thing in the morning, all of these things just are, they just restart. They just mm -hmm. restart everything. It's just, yeah. And it really brings things back to basics as well. You know, like there's so much information out there. And like you said, we've evolved so quickly. And I think a lot of that is to do with information overload as well. We have, you know, these devices in our hands every day that has the whole internet in there. <laughs> and, you know, all you do is if you, you know, if you have a pain in your toe, you, what, do I, what do people do? People do is Dr. Google. <laughs> and, you know, like I suppose... It is just bringing it back to basics and not having all of that information flooding into your head and just kind of allowing yourself to be and just, you know, ground yourself. Um, and that is something that has come across in so many of the podcasts that I've done that like for a lot of people, it is those really basic things like getting out into nature, going for a walk. A lot of people do sea swimming, you know, throw themself into the, the cold tide before you can, before your brain can engage um, and tell you to stop. Um, and, you know, all that sort of thing. And it's, it, there's a real theme there. And it is just, just seems to be that getting back to nature and to the real basic of, I suppose, existence and what, what would have been available to people, you know, back before the, the age of the phone. Yeah, it's, and, and, the thing is, this this is where I can go off on a tangent, okay? So be warned. Um, I, I'm fascinated, and, and, and I've always been fascinated with space to a point, all right? And, and one of the things I love to do to connect is actually uh, I, I find the darkest, you know, fields that I can find, and I might just go out on a winter's night and a clear night and just look at the stars and mm -hmm. just try and, try and absorb. Because that's like nature. Nature isn't just... You know, our trees and our rivers, you know, nature is our skies as well and our stars and, and everything that, that exists around. Mm -hmm. and, and and the more, I, I'll always remember, I don't know if you know Neil deGrasse Tyson. He uh, he was the, he was over the uh, Hayden Planetarium in New York. He's one of these, he, he, he's not an astrophysicist, but he's of that ilk. But he's also quite a funny guy. He's, you know, you know, for for science, for someone deep into science to be so, you know, uh, everyone seems to like him. So he's on TV quite a bit. But he was on one of the late night shows, uh, the talk shows there a while ago. And he was asked, what keeps him up at night? Is there anything that keeps him up at night? And he talks about, you know, the expanding universe and how we know now that the stars that we can see in our sky, there will come a time where because the universe is expanding so much that the stars we see, we will no longer be able to see from us. And there mm -hmm. will come a time where we will only be able to see the stars in our own solar system. 
and that's it, nothing else. So what keeps him up at night is what have we potentially lost from our skies already. Mm. And that really connects back to me when I think about all of these basics we're talking about, getting into the cold, sunlight, grass in under your feet. You know, what did the Celts do? You know, the, all of these religions that would have been wiped out in the Crusades all these years ago, all of these, you know, would have been seen as pagan kind of religions that were wiped out because of it was easy to, I don't know, you know, but what have we lost? Mm -hmm. And I think now science is only kind of catching up to what we can actually, what we can find again. And that's why me, I'm a big science person. I need to see the science behind everything that I talk to people about. That's why the breath work now is great. There's so much science about it. But we're just getting to that point again where we're like, God, you know, what have we lost? Mm -hmm. And what can we find again? You know, and and just it's it can be it's so simple it's so simple but sometimes the most simple things are the hardest to do as well aren't they Mm, definitely and i think because we are in this age of technology as well like the go-to thing will be you know oh i'll just check on my phone or i'll google it or i'll you know people try and fix things with gadgets or you know whatever but a lot of the time it is just being able to put all of that away and, you know, take the time to just be and just, you know, get out into nature, get down, get into the sea, get into, you know, your ice bath or whatever like that. And um, I think that's quite hard because I don't think a lot of people like you what you were saying with the pods, a lot of people don't like to be alone with their thoughts. And that can be quite difficult as well, if you're saying, you know, like, oh, go and like throw yourself in the sea in the into an or into an ice bath or, you know, just step outside and, and sit, sit in the sunshine for, for 10 minutes. Just just sit on your own. um, Like that can be overwhelming for people like, no, what will I do? You know, people see it as unproductive because, oh, I could be doing something during that time. Or, you know, can I bring my phone? <laughs> Because yeah. I'll get bored, that sort of thing. I think that's why it's so hard to do those simple things because we've kind of been almost conditioned that like we should be doing stuff all of the time rather than just being. Yeah, and and you've you've mentioned how I'll always remember in in my mindfulness teaching of course one of the things was we are human beings, not human doings. So mm-hmm. we need to be more. We need to just be in that moment. And it is difficult. Look, I had one of the smart rings that told me everything about my sleep within mm. an, an inch of everything. And I had a, a smart watch that tracked everything, you know, within an inch of its life. And I just, I got to a point eventually where I was like, what good is the information? Like, mm. it's all I'm doing is I'm feeding myself more and more and more information. And it doesn't necessarily make uh, make for better choices. Mm-hmm. It just makes me maybe feel bad about choices, um, you know, and, and 
without being a, a professional athlete, do you really need to know how great quality your sleep is? Mm-hmm. Or can you just connect in with yourself? It's not easy to do that. I'm an overthinker. I'm <laughs> I'm an absolute overthinker. I always I'll always remember there was a there was a guy who <laughs> I was on a, a um a retreat a number of years ago. It was with uh, Neil O'Orku. Uh, he does breathe with Neil. He's the the Wim Hof instructor who does breath work and stuff like that. And I was on a retreat with him in uh, was in Liscana down in, in Clare. It was just a beautiful studio. It was a three-day retreat. It was all about breath work and, and ice baths and the whole lot. I met a guy and we got chatting one of the days and I remember talking away to him. I said, oh, Jesus, it's just so great to be around like-minded people. I said, being able to just drop into these kind of deep, meaningful conversations without needing to kind of explain where you're coming from for about half an hour beforehand. And he said, it is, yeah, he goes, it's great. But what I struggle with, uh, he said, was that we haven't all, like no one's come here from a place of peace, or a place of happiness. He said, there's 25 people here. They're all here because we've been through it. He goes, so where he struggled with was the thoughts that Everyone has gone through such struggles to get to a point where they want to be around these people and be around this connection and these vibrations. So I always say people in this space are generally, and this is why I try and treat everybody in this space, everybody with so much respect and and so much um, empathy, is because we've all been through. Mm-hmm. Every single person has been through. And anyone who comes in here, you can be damn sure they've been through it as well. So trying to guide them as best they can. Yeah, it, and that's so true as well. Like, generally speaking, we're reactive. And it's only when you've gone through something, you'll react and try and, you know, find something that will help you if it should happen again, rather than being proactive and you know looking for the thing while while all is okay and everything is going swimmingly um it's generally when people have gone through you know kind of trudged through the mud um with their you know mental well-being or, or whatever it might be that they'll actually look for tools like this but it's brilliant that you have this space and you've created this space for people and um i suppose even if they are in a reactive state, it is getting them to a stage where, like you said, with that gentleman who has been through his, you know, third float or, or um, whatever his stage he's at now, you know, he's seeing the changes come about and he it is extending beyond the pod. And, the, you know, so you're you're not only helping people within your your hub there in Kildare, you know, you're helping them in their daily lives outside of um, their you know appointments with yourself um so that must be very rewarding for you as well to know that yeah it's well I always say that I'd love to be able to take a picture of people as they go into the pod and as they come out of it because you can see it Mm -hmm. you can see it in their shoulders you can see it in the tension in their jaw you can see it just in their eyes you can see it the difference that it makes and it's just seeing people come out after the first time with 
generally after the first time, they usually come out with a look of confusion. Going, what just happened? <laughs> I've no idea what just happened there, but I feel great. <laughs> um, and then seeing them kind of come back and just talk about the improvements and just talk about how they're fit. It's just, it's such a rewarding thing to be able to, to have brought something. I, I always said that when I entered the business and I started a business, I always said, you know what, even if this just helps one person, if it just helps one person, then I'm happy. If one person has gotten benefit out of what I do, then that's fine. And if I need to then go back and find a job somewhere else after, then at least I was meant to do that just for that one person. But now, you know, I'm seeing tens of them every week, you know, who are coming in. And it's just, it's, it's just like, it's the biggest reward is just seeing people kind of come in and just be so much different uh, coming in for their fifth, sixth, seventh float than for the first, second, and third one, and you can see, and they tell you that their life has changed just from having a consistent practice, committing to themselves. And the beauty of it all is that all they're committing to is going in, lying down, and breathing for an hour. And that's the commitment, and mm. it's just changed their lives. Fantastic, and. I think that's a lovely point at which to finish up our conversation today. You know, you, you have changed so many lives and you I continued success to yourself and your business and to all of the people who you have seen and will see in the future. Uh, so thank you so much for joining me on the Mind Your Mind podcast this morning, Barry. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, we may talk about soon. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Mind Your Mind podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, rate, review or follow. It really does help with getting the podcast out there. You can follow us on Instagram at mindyourmindpod for extra content and some behind the scenes action. Talk to you next week and in the meantime, don't forget to mind your mind.